The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Sports betting season is in full force. And with football fast approaching, you need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code Five. That's the word five. F I V E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet US. Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring over your home league over to underdogfantasy.com. You get $25 upon sign-up so you can take a free shot at a million-dollar grand prize for their fantasy football tournament. Again, you get $25 free in bonus cash when you use the code 5RSN to sign up. It has never been easier to take a shot at a million-dollar prize in their Best Ball Mania tournament. Go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store, use the promo code 5RSN, and get $25 in bonus cash. Sign up today. U-Brake Wheel Fix is a wheel repair and remanufacturing company with over 20 years of experience. They specialize in complete wheel repair, repairing wheels from curb rash, bends, and cracks. They also specialize in refinishing from polishing, machining, and custom colors that will suit your car's needs. Lastly, U-Brake Wheel Fix offers a full array of factory and custom wheel and tire applications. Contact them at 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112 or at U-Brake Wheel Fix on all social platforms. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at Peters. Or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Caddy. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is not because Chris Kaufman is in a business meeting right now. And we're recording in the afternoon to accommodate Simon Clancy, who has been accommodating us for the better part of almost four years. So might as well give him one 
at a normal hour, right, Simon? I mean, I can't believe it's you know just having dinner. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it is right. It's it's absolutely incredible. It's barely believable. Barely, yeah. As yeah, well, we'll get into some of that in a little bit. But uh, of course, this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code Five RSN to get twenty percent off your entire order. We have a roster now, Simon. After all these cuts, after all that's happened, there's a roster. And I guess we could just go position by position and I guess just give some brief thoughts into what we have so far on the roster. As far as the quarterbacks, Tuatunga Valoa, Jacoby Brissett, of course. Uh, Reed Sennett was discarded. He was brought back onto the practice squad. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, good for him. He had a monster game against the Bengals. He did everything he could do to try and uh, get himself a, a practice squad squat, a, a practice squad spot. Don't try and say that after a couple of drinks. Um, so yeah, I mean, good for him. And uh, I know he's a very close ally of Tua, and they hang out a lot. So, um, so yeah, he did. Like I said, he did. He did everything he could to get on back on the team. And um, yeah, he's uh, he proved against the Bengals that he could move the football. He was accurate. Yes. He could throw the ball down the field. He's tough. He's mobile. He can manipulate the pocket. So, yeah, I mean, plenty to work with there for, a you know, a guy who probably is never going to be an NFL starter. But, you know, you turn him into a reliable backup and, and look what you've got. Yeah. Now, this is going to be a, an uncomfortable moment right here because I'm going to ask you a question, a trivia question that you would know if you listened to Monday's show. I didn't. Okay. Maybe you know it. Maybe you know it anyway. Maybe. Reed Sinnett came within 26 yards of the NFL record for a preseason for preseason yards passing. Who holds that record? Preseason yards passing by a Miami Dolphin or No, by an NFL player in a game. Reed Sinnett missed it by about 26 yards. Um most preseason yards passing in history. Let me think. So it's going to be obvious because that's why you pitched it to me. Yeah, I'm so, hearing your I'm hearing your, your your keyboard rattling off. Are you looking for that? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm replying to my daughter. Actually, right. uh, no. I, I genuinely have uh, I genuinely have no idea. Well, he's it's on the roster. Jacoby uh, Brissett. No, oh, is it? Okay, yes. nice. Good. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett threw for 376 <clears throat> versus the Giants a few years back. Wow. So it's interesting that we have both of them technically on the roster right now. What a world. Yes, it is. Running backs, they kept three, which is odd, right? Savannah Ackman, yeah. Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown. Uh, of course, they eradicated Jared Dokes, and they rubbed out Patrick Laird. They're both back onto yeah. the practice squad. Which is interesting because I would have thought that Jared Dokes might have gotten a look because he had a certain look in that last game. Your thoughts on that group? Are they short I, a guy, maybe? Well, I think it's a balancing act, isn't it? They kept five tight ends and and sit and what six receivers, seven receivers. So yeah. um it was always gonna be that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I suppose Laird doesn't really offer anything more than than certainly what uh, Ahmed and, and Gaskin do in terms of hands out of the backfield. I wonder about Malcolm Brown because I wonder whether Jared Dokes showed enough around being a short yardage back that if push comes to shove in terms of cost or whatever, and Brown continues to look a little bit like Jordan Howard, as he did for a couple of games in preseason, that, you know, he might end up getting the push and, and, and Dokes could come through. Because I thought Dokes played all right. You know, he doesn't, he lacks 
you know, he's not a vision guy, but he can bowl into people and he can, you know, he always falls forwards um, and he seemed pretty dangerous inside the, uh, you know, inside the five yard line in terms of getting in the end zone. So we shall see, but, you know, I, I, it's glad that, I'm glad that Dokes came back and, and Laird really just does what, what Gaskin and Ahmed do out of the backfield in terms of hands, he's a good special mm-hmm. teams player. But I think with the tight ends that they've got and keeping Mac Hollins as well, there were always going to be, um, there was always going to be a situation where Laird probably got left out because he, despite his specialties ability. Yep. On the receivers, I guess some news. You know, we're recording this on a Wednesday. This is September 1st. Every single wide receiver on the roster, full uniform today, Simon. Surprised, shocked, bewildered. <laughs> it won't last, obviously. Um, I mean, that's the concern about this group. You know, on paper, it looks like a group Fuller, Grant, Hollings, Parker, Waddle, Williams, Wilson. But realistically, Matt Collins is really the only guy that can stay healthy. You know, mm-hmm. Will yeah. Fuller is an injury waiting to happen. Devonte Parker's, you know, he's not going to miraculously, you know, the age that, he, that he's at, he's not going to miraculously just play 16 games from here on out for the rest of his career. That just doesn't happen. Preston Williams, and, obviously. Yeah, and Jalen Waddle almost gave us a heart attack in that Bengals game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, let, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Jalen Waddle is, what, 5'10", 180 pounds, absolutely dripping wet. So, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't really have the body that's going to hold up. Albert Wilson come off the hip. Preston Williams, like I said, Jakeem Grant always ends up end of the season. He's on IR and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it looks good on paper, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver group, Albert Wilson, uh, we just mentioned him, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, Preston Williams, which is, man, I would have thought, I would have thought he would have been on another roster by now via trade, but I guess it's, they're going to give it a go one more season. Jakeem well, it'll be Grant, interesting to see what happens when Fuller comes back off the suspended list, won't it? That because is true. I, that is I, true. I I don't think they're going to carry seven receivers into the season. Um, you know, it's not like Matt Collins can be a, a tight end when they've already got five. You know, maybe that they get rid of one of the tight ends and they do roll with seven. Um, but I'm not sure that's going to that's going to happen. If I'm completely honest, so you wonder whether you know they, you know, we know they tried to deal Jakeem Grant. So you wonder whether or not somebody comes calling for Preston Williams potentially, especially if he has a you know semi decent start to the season and with Fuller coming back, you could look to deal to deal Williams because, you know, he's still got a lot to prove. And I was semi-surprised that he made the roster in terms of, um, you know, just in terms of what, and you know, there's a couple of receivers out there. You look at Travis Fulgham, you look at Equinemia St. Brown, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're same ballparks as, as Preston Williams in terms of, you know, ability. And, you know, you wonder whether or not, you know, he's on a, he's on a cheap contract. So that's, you know, that's certainly a plus, but I, I'm not sold that his position is completely secure. Um, moving forward certainly not until trade deadline and it will be interesting to see what happens when fuller comes back yeah and what they did with jakeem grant as far as uh his restructure of his deal it's ominous if you're jakeem grant uh i was yeah. i was on on a show yesterday and i said if uh if jakeem grant after what happened to him yesterday when he gets home and his wife talks about buying a house he's probably talking her off of it right now yeah rentals only for jakeem i think rentals only. <laughs> yes and and that new lexus honey that you want uh maybe maybe we could get another twenty thousand miles out of the car we have right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah uh, all right mac collins round, rounds out that group uh they dismissed uh kirk merritt he's back fans are rejoicing yep. back on the practice squad but they ousted malcolm perry he's a new england patriot now yeah, I'd much rather have kept Perry than Merritt. Um, I was, I, I said the, the exact same <clears throat> thing on Monday. We had a, a brief debate and we kind of agreed. Yeah, I, I, uh, Malcolm Perry has always shown to me he can play. He can play in this league. Merritt? But also, 
Yeah, but also what what Perry does is he's not just a wide receiver. He can play the slot. He you know you can run reverses with him. He can throw. He can run the ball. He he also can can factor in the return game as well. So I was you know I'm semi surprised they let him go. To be honest, I think he's a valuable chess piece, and unfortunately, he's ended up in New England, and I think that's a perfect situation for him because I think Josh McDaniels will find ways to make him. He's the sort of guy that can catch forty balls out the slot in New England. You know, he's got good hands. He can find soft areas in the zone. He's a smart guy. He's a smart football player. But just the extra little bits that he brings to an offense in terms of what he can do. And, you know, you, you know how often Josh McDaniels likes to throw the ball from, you know, pitching the ball out to... How many times did Julian Edelman throw the ball? And, you know, it's... um, Yeah, I would not be surprised to see Malcolm Perry throwing the ball this season. Yeah, so you think he's a long-term project? He's not a guy that they just they just poached to, to try to mine for information no, for. They wanted him when it, they, they they were keen on him coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they were keen on him and they worked him out. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a. Um, I think yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up having a really good career for them, which would be. Hey, annoying. I always, I always, he always gave me Danny Wood Woodhead vibes. Yeah, and, you know, he's just a good football player, smart player. He is. He is. Sorry. And uh, I don't know the thinking around that. I think the thinking around that are the numbers. Uh, they had so many guys. And we know for a fact that they, they tried to do something with, quote-unquote, a surplus position. Obviously, with what they did to Jakeem Grant and his contract, they probably, you know, shopped them around the league. They couldn't get what they wanted. They had to keep them. And Malcolm Perry is what they had to pay for it. Titans are keeping five of them. It makes sense because they had 50 of them on the, on the roster. So <laughs> might as well keep five. And the five that they're keeping, you know, are the same five that were here originally. Adam Shaheen, Durham Smythe, Seathan Carter, who was the free agent, Hunter Long, the draft pick, Mike Gusecki, presumably ready for a big season on, in a contract year. Your thoughts on this group? I think it's a pretty nice group. Yeah, I'm surprised they kept Carter, to be honest. Um, and actually, I wouldn't have been surprised if they got rid of Shaheen um, and rolled with Gesicki, Long and, and Smythe, if I'm completely honest. It, it's kind of, you know, I, I just don't really know what those, you know, what does Carter do? You know, where is he going to play? Is he going to play fullback? Is he going to, you know, contribute on special teams? Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like he's taking up a roster spot for, you know, they must clearly like him. They wouldn't have paid him the cash that they did, but I don't know. It just... Um, you know, I look at this team overall and, I, you know, I do worry about it, I've got to say. You know, there's an awful lot of stuff on paper. You know, there's there's areas where they look good. You know, Gasicki obviously is a borderline star, but there's areas where you just, you know, you think some investment really needs to be to be placed here and you wonder whether, it, you know, carrying five tight ends, you know, like that. we'll get to linebackers, for example, but if, if, if Baker or Landon Roberts go down, I mean, this team is in massive trouble. Do you know what I mean? It's in massive trouble. Well, uh, they got to they got to rely on Sam Egovan and Calvin Munson. <laughs> well, Sam Egovan and Duke Riley. You know, yeah. do you really? You know, do you want to be taking on the Buffalo Bills or the or the Patriots or the the Chiefs with with those as your linebackers? You know, it's um. But yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, don't get hurt is the operative is the operative yeah. phrase here. All right, the offensive line they kept nine. They had to keep eight. Uh, there's a there's a roster rule on why you should keep eight. Uh, Michael Dieter is the starting center. Matsukura is gone, which I don't think should surprise anybody. Matsukura did not take a single first-team snap all camp. Makes mm-hmm. it to, day, to cut day, and he's gone. Makes perfect sense. Robert Jones sticks. I think that's good for him. Uh, he's had a good camp, good-looking football player. 
do you have any thoughts on Robert Jones and maybe they found something here? Yeah, I liked him coming out. I thought he had some talent out of Middle Tennessee State. I thought he would get drafted. And I said, actually, in our very first show that we did this year, when we looked at the um, the, the 90-plus man team, I said I thought he had a chance. So I'm glad to see him stick around. But this, to me, is the worst position group in the NFL. I, mean, I don't think there's a worse offensive line group than this anywhere in football. Hmm. Um, you know, the I depth know. I've is... seen a few. I've seen a few. I saw well, Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta's but, you know, was not all that great either. Don't forget that Atlanta are resting a lot of starters, you know. Um, yeah, but they, I think uh, offensive line play is bad. In oh, NFL it's terrible overall. around the – this is the worst – to me, this is the worst group in the league. You know, you look at a New England, you look at a Cleveland, you know, you look Those at – Those are the good ones. You look at Kansas City, you look at Green Bay, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Those you, look around the, you look around the league at some of those young players like Elton Jenkins or um, the safety uh, – the safety – the center um, – uh, Eric McCoy in New Orleans or Cesar Ruiz or, you know, and you look at some of these young players and you just think, where's, where's our young, you know, Robert Hunt could be it, could be it. But, you know, you look at the difference between an Elton Jenkins and a Robert Hunt, for example, you know, it's a massive year for Austin Jackson. It's a massive year for him. You know, it's a massive year for Michael Dieter. You know, I just don't, this line has got to be above average very very quickly or this offense will not work because you just can't get two are getting hit you know and look look at what's going to happen week one as well you know they are going to be full of amoeba blitzes everywhere sending pressures at two do you know what i mean this is going to be josh uche who's had a great camp in in new england and, and matt judon and hightower blitzing and adrian phillips blitzing and you know this is you know christian barmore against um you know, against Dieter and you just think, you know, this group has got to get good quickly. Otherwise they could be the absolute undoing. And, and what I find frustrating most of all, and I think I'll probably speak for the three of us, is that you look at what the Kansas City Chiefs did. Yes. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs went out. Very and, great expense. Great expense. Oh, for sure. For sure. But they saw the problem in the Super Bowl. You know, they, they lost that game in the main because they could not keep Patrick Mahomes upright. And when they could, he was running for his life. So they just shipped everybody out, everybody out. Except you know, the guy that they spent a high draft pick on the year before in Lucas Niang. Yeah, who's Lucas Niang, who sat out the year with um with COVID. So he'd never played a snap. Um, and now all of a sudden, you know, you look at that line and they paid a price for it, of course. But, you know, you've got Orlando Brown, Pro Bowl tackle. You've got Joe Tooney, one of the best guards in football. You've got Creed Humphrey, stud center that we all love coming out of Oklahoma. You've mm-hmm. got Trey Smith, who, if it wasn't for the blood clots, you know, he's a top 50 pick at worst. And Lucas Niang, who we all loved in the top two rounds last year at right tackle. And that right side, albeit inexperienced, or certainly center and right side, have been tremendous in, in the preseason and in camp um, mm-hmm. from what I've read uh, and what I've seen. So, and then you just look at what we've got and we're, you know, we're spacking around looking at, you know, Greg Little and Greg Manx and, you know, there's not a lot there. And you just kind of think this is a unit that is really, really, yeah, because you lose a Robert Hunt or you lose an Austin Jackson. And where does this team, you know, this team is in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, that they went from a, a position of not relative strength, but, you know, you weren't you weren't absolutely despondent if you lost a guy when they had DJ Fluker coming off a decent year, but then DJ Fluker shows up at camp 
evidently couldn't pass a conditioning test, although he looked in great condition because he kept posting pictures of himself on Instagram with washboard abs, which I thought was a bad sign for a guy who weighs 335 pounds is all of a sudden kind of thin. <laughs> you know yeah i mean so. anybody anybody that's posting pictures of themselves looking trim on instagram that that's usually a, a, an excuse for i'm fat and desperate <laughs> yes but rest of the offensive line solomon kinley uh looks like he's the starter at left guard great hopes for for him to have a, a good season after having some moments some flashes last year greg mance is an interesting guy in this sense they trade for him and that immediately made Matt Skuro essentially worthless. And I thought Matt Skuro could have been a guy that could have stuck around because, you know, he had some tape on a pretty good run run offensive line in Baltimore last year playing left guard. Remember, he started the season at center, played nine games at center, then finished the season at guard. So they thought, of, they thought enough of him on the number one run offensive line in the league. They thought enough of him to say, okay, this guy can't snap the ball, but we're going to move him to left guard anyway. Well, he's gone. And they trade for Greg Mance. Greg Mance replaces him. Uh, Chris says that he's seen some of his tape, and it's interesting. And it's it makes him want to see more. If we see more, then something went wrong on the offensive line, so let's hope we don't. But do you have any thoughts on Greg Mance? Well, I think what Greg Mance – I don't think if the Greg Mance of 2016-17 before the knee injury, if we get that Greg Mance back, he is better than Michael Dieter. Uh, and I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that he could he could have beaten Dieter out had he been around for longer. I think that's the, you know, that's the that's the key for me. Um, yeah, I, I I just I'm sorry, my phone was ringing. Um, yeah, I think that he has the ability potentially to uh, beat out Dieter, who I just I really worry about as a as, as a Mike, but. We'll see. Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson, Greg Little is now a swing tackle. But really, the swing tackle as of right now is Liam Eikenberg because he's on the bench because Jesse Davis is starting at right tackle. So I guess the bright the, the good news is that Liam Eikenberg is your depth at tackle and guard. The, the bad news is that he's not starting. Uh, yeah. w- what do you make of what's happened with Liam Eikenberg this preseason? He's, so also he's had not, two injuries also. He's had two injuries. He's not at practice today, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Fuller, Adam Shaheen, and Eichenberg not at practice. Albert Wilson's got a sleeve on his right leg. Um, we also re-signed J- Javaris Davis, as we, we probably knew, and Panky. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I think about Levan Eichenberg? I mean, it's disappointing that he's, he played three straight seasons at Notre Dame without any sort of injury, and um, he's already had two. Um, you, you can't, you know, no matter how he looked against third team Atlanta Falcons players, you can't put him in over Jesse Davis. But you know, Jesse Davis, it's not cool. You know, Eichenberg, well, it would be great to put him in, but let's be realistic. You know, this is the NFL we're talking about. You cannot put a rookie in against Matthew Judon um, in the first game of the season on the road in a position he's barely played at. He was a three-year left tackle. Then he was a left guard in, in Miami. And then they moved him to, to right tackle where he's barely played because he's had two injuries. You can't put him out there against a Pro Bowl defensive end like Matt Judon because you'll get Ian alive. So let's be realistic. I think fans have just got to be a little bit realistic about, about expectations for, for people like that. So, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's strange uh, how that has evolved in the NFL because I remember the day when Don Shula and Monty Clark, uh, legendary Monty Clark, 
offensive line coach and uh, offensive coordinator. And John Sandusky, who at the time was the offensive line coach and assistant head coach, they drafted Richmond Webb and Keith Sims in consecutive rounds to start the draft. And they yeah. started them from day one at left tackle and left guard to yeah. protect the franchise damn Marino. And of course, yeah. you know, they never looked back. They were great from day one, both. Absolutely. So times have changed. Defensive line, Adam Butler. I think he's been a huge bright spot. I yeah. think they hit already. I look forward to seeing what kind of season he puts together. John Jenkins he's sticks. Adam Butler's the sort of guy that nobody will really notice unless you really study defensive line play. You know, the, the, mm. and I don't mean to. This sounds so condescending, and it's really not meant to be. But the, you know, the average NFL fan will not understand the benefit of Adam Butler. Do you mm. know what I mean? They'll be like, "Fuck, does Adam Butler do?" <laughs> well, you know, you understand line play, you will know what Adam Butler. He, he will be a very, very important cog in that defensive line wheel. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, John Jenkins. Yeah. They have a zero now to back up Raekwon Davis, which is interesting because I guess that means that they can do some more things with Raekwon Davis, maybe some three-tech, who knows, maybe even out all the way out to five-tech. It's a big he's year for a, Davis. Yeah, he's yeah, had a the, big the, camp. This is, the t- this is, you know, these are the players that this front office will be judged upon. You know, and let's be completely honest, we've built up all these picks. We, you know, we've got all this capital, all these draft picks. Have any of them made a real difference? Are any of them stars? You know, let's have a look at the players that we've invested in, you know, for, for all these extra draft picks. Tua, Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, Raekwon Davis. You know, who else? I mean, are any Noah Igbenogane? Well, if you go all the way to the first one, Christian uh, Wilkins, he's coming on pretty strong. Yeah, although Chris, I don't think he was part of that. I mean, Christian, I think that the sort of the trade deals and the, the Laramie Tunsil happened after Wilkins. But I, I, I think looking at the Tunsil, where are the superstars from the Tunsil trade? You know, we, we often talked about all those players that the Browns got for all those trades that they made and, you know, ended up being, you know, receivers that flamed out, cornerbacks that ended up in prison and all that. I'm not saying that that's the way that this is going to go, but this is a mm. massive year, a massive year for the players that Chris Greer invested all those Laramie Tunsil picks in. Because Laramie Tunsil is still the best player out of that deal, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. You know, you need three of those six players now to start developing into, you know, upper echelon NFL players. Otherwise, you know, for as many as much as we as fans and as much as some of the media will say, the Dolphins are still having first. It doesn't matter how many first first round picks you've got. If you're not using them properly, you could have infinity first round picks. But the, the tail of the tape currently is that the players that they have drafted using all that extra capital have not been good enough. And that's just a be- that's just a basic fact. If I'm right, uh, the last pick they used from the Tunsil deal is Jalen Waddle, or do they still have one more that they parlayed? I think they have one more that they parlayed. That's the, the 2023 one, isn't it? So they got yes. one, one first round of next year, two in 2023. Okay. So, yeah, it was a haul. It was a haul. Uh, it was a haul, but they, you've got to use it. And Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, Tua, Raekwon Davis, Noah Igbenogane, and a and other have not uh, have not delivered so far. It's early, but it's not 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 early enough to start to to be concerned. Although Raekwon Davis, uh, some of his tape is awe inspiring, and for sure, he's had. But it's it's got to be it's got to be more than some of his tape. Emmanuel no. Agba. 
Planning a contract year. I expect big things from him because it usually works out that way. When a guy is staring at $75 million for five years in the face, he usually tends to deliver. He looks in absolute fabulous shape, and I think he's in for a big year, and he's getting help on the outside. He's got to stay healthy. That's the, the single most important thing, I think, for this team. Because if he goes down injured, this team is in big trouble in terms of getting to the court. Yep, Van Ginkle can do it. Jalen Phillips has shown absolutely nothing mm. so far. Um, you know, and all the while, Quitty Pay is absolutely ripping it up in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, I do worry that the Dolphins are trying to do too much with Jalen Phillips. Like, I... It's, it reminds me a little bit of the Minka Fitzpatrick thing. Why are we trying to do something that this guy maybe isn't? Why don't we just stick to what he's really, really good at? You know, why don't we? Why are we turning a potential A into a C? Do you know what I mean? Some people aren't necessarily cut out for the Swiss Army knife or the position change. Why don't we just get him comfortable in doing what he was really good at in college, which is rushing the quarterback? I don't understand why we're trying to make him into the sort of outside linebacker Anthony Barr type you know because he's not taking to it at all so you know and, and also what it's affecting it's affecting his pass rush now you know it's almost like he's overthinking he can't get home um you know and I uh, do we play do we play the other day and I was thinking god you know um I guess the Bengals he was put in every yeah. single position to stop the run and yeah it's just he was like, really just, really unlucky like he was yeah but you know I mean, how many times have we had a nearly man get to the quarterback? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's time. Yeah, but he was also unlucky in the sense that uh, that um, well, against Atlanta, he was re- is he was really unlucky against Cincinnati. He just didn't get home, and then he didn't play that much late in the game. But against Atlanta, he was just unlucky in the sense that uh, there was a few third and longs where Atlanta just ran the ball and they put up the white flag, so he didn't get to rush the passer. So, but we shall see. Uh, I always thought that they were gonna play him in in a simpler role have him just rush wide when they do their their little 4-1 stunts and their their amoeba defenses because that's pretty simple they try to isolate the farthest man out on a tackle and Jalen Phillips could do that like you know most defensive ends out of college can do that it's not it's not too difficult to do and if you're a really good athlete it probably is exactly what you should be doing I know who I was thinking of actually so Joe Tryon who I didn't particularly like out of Washington, who was an outside linebacker. And he struggled in the in the sort of outside linebacker part of his job, but actually was a decent pass rusher. But the Bucks are just using him purely as a pass rusher and he's getting home. You know, he's had sacks, he's had pressures, you know, and you kind of think, here's a guy who was an outside linebacker and they just looked at what he did best and which was rush the passer. And now that's what they've made him. They've just made him a full-time defensive end, just part, just rushing the passer. Whereas we, what we've done is take a, a significantly better college defensive end because Phillips was better than when Tryon, and we're trying to turn him into something that I'm not sure he is. Whilst all the while we're fretting about the fact we can't get to the quarterback, or we've only really got Ogburn. You know, Van Ginkle's a good player, and is Beagle ever going to be healthy again? And you know, what you need is pass rush, um, and we've got him like covering and he's, you know, he's out in the flat. And that, that to me is not what Jalen, that's not what he does. Mm. You know, I mean, look, I'm a, you know, I'm a 47 year old gray haired bloke living 6,000 miles away. What the fuck do I know? But, you know, I don't see the kid every day, but you know, he's just built. He has the body. He's six foot five, 267 pounds. He has the body, the speed, the get off to, to, to be doing the job that we all thought he was going to do. 
which was get after the quarterback. What, what do you make of that? that this, um, this coaching staff and this front office doesn't really like making comparisons to other players, but they don't mind doing it with Jalen Phillips and the word and the word that the player that they keep comparing him to, even though sometimes it's been off the record has been Willie McGinnis. What do you mean? What do you think of that? Uh, I mean, uh, I don't really think anything about it, if I'm completely honest, because I, I don't really care. Mm. I mean, I don't, I'm not being disrespect, disrespectful to you. I don't really, I just don't really care. Like, just, I mean, that's an awful big leap of faith yes. for him to be, you know, to compare, you know, we it's don't like comparisons. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't like comparisons, but I mean, I'm just Googling. Uh, we don't like Hall of, well, we don't like comparisons, but, you know, here is a guy who won three Super Bowls, went to two Pro Bowls, um, and had 86 career sacks. And know. that's who we're going to compare him to. But that's what we're going to compare you to. I mean, that just doesn't really make any sense. You know, it feels like they're trying to turn him into sort of some modern-day Jamie Collins, how he was 10 years ago. Or, uh, do you know what I mean? It's just like, just fucking let him rush the quarterback. <laughs> that's what, because it's not like we don't need that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing we need more than anything on defense is you know the ability to get after the quarterback so i don't know it's um right. but like i said i don't see him every day rounding out the defensive line raekwon davis christian wilkins and in my opinion the most underrated player on the entire team one of the best players on the team zach sealer yeah good play re- returns all right moving on to linebackers shakin griffin was dispensed with he is back he is on the practice squad which means that my tweet from yesterday has been redeemed after tweeting yesterday that the top special teams snap getters during camp were Trill Williams, Clayton Fagellum, uh, Duke Riley, and Shaquille Griffin, that they were all going to make. And then, of course, uh, a minute later, Shaquille Griffin was cut. But now he's back. So I guess that tweet is redeemed. All those guys are back on the team. So I guess special team snaps during camp is, is, is something that you should look at as far as who's going to make it. Uh, Calvin Munson was expelled. He is now back on the practice squad. And I'm happy that he is because I thought that he was a no-brainer as soon as they got rid of Bernardrick McKinney. Okay, who's a guy who's most adept at maybe stepping in for a game or two in, ca- in case that Landon Roberts, and we know it, it could happen and will likely happen. Atlanta Roberts is not able to play his regular 22 to 24 snaps. Well, I think Calvin Munson can, and he's back. Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van, Gil- Van Ginkle, Duke Riley, Sam Egovon, Landon Roberts, Jerome Baker, Brennan Scarlett, who's going to play a lot on the outside. He's going to play a lot of buck. I've also seen him play scrape when I don't know if that's something they really want to do because I don't think he's, Two fleet of foot. Uh, your thoughts on this group? Yeah, I don't think it's very good. Um, if Fernando Roberts gets injured, I think it's really bad. I think if Baker gets injured, it's absolutely, you know, situation critical. I, I do have to question this, the decision of keeping Duke Riley over Benedict McKinney, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, that just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, you know, uh, especially as McKinney was taking first team snaps up until up until the time when Orlando Roberts comes came back. You know, and I get Duke Riley's a good special teams player, but you know, if you want to play special teams, you've still got Brennan Scarlett, Sam Aguavan. Do you know what I mean? You got a whole host of safeties and defensive backs and Matt Collins and five tight ends and do you know what I mean? It's like 
I don't know. That that that's a questionable one for me. And I, you know, I I was told, and I know Chris was told as well that that Riley was kind of on the brink. Um, he was mm. right on the bubble. So um, it just seems like it seemed like an odd one, especially to re, especially to trade for McKinney, restructure him, and then just cut him after he being uh, that to me. I just that was a strange one. Yeah, I think Duke Riley is one of those guys that are completely built on reputation. He's played on two teams, Atlanta and Philadelphia. Do you know he has never failed to wear the C on his chest? He's been a captain right, well. every single season in the NFL for both teams. Yeah. I think I think they just looked at that and they said, yep, that, that's what we're doing. <laughs> but on Bernardrick McKinney, isn't it odd? He plays 19 days, and those are the 19 days of camp, at, uh, on the first team, plays well. Atlanta Roberts comes in for one practice, destroys every running back we have, and they say, yep, yeah, that, that's good enough. Yeah, get this guy out of here. It just seems odd that McKinney was, it, you know, the Dolphins have a need at linebacker, and they cut him. Yeah. That just, do you know what I mean? For a guy that started, you know, for almost the entire duration of training camp as the number one guy, I, I just, yeah, I just didn't. I don't understand that. Cornerbacks, uh, they keep seven of them. Noig Benagany, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Justin Coleman, who has a, had a very good camp. Nick Needham, who's had a better camp. Trill Williams, who will play a lot of special teams. Your thoughts on that group? Yeah, and that is Elijah Campbell today as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know anything about Elijah Campbell. I know that he played so, for the Jets. Yeah, he was at the Jets. So he was, I think he went to, I think he was a Juco kid who went to Northern Iowa. Um, and I think he's played in the, the, whatever it's called, the Alliance of American Football, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the XFL, I think he was a running back in high school um, and then played two-way in college. Um, I don't know much about his career with the Jets, um, but, you know, he feels like sort of special team, bottom of the roster depth kind of kind of guy. Um, probably a guy that they had an eye on when he, um, when he came out as an undrafted free agent and, and didn't end up... Uh, didn't end up signing with them. So, but overall, I think it's a really good group of corners. You know, you want Igben Ogane to make another step up so that, you know, if Howard or, or Byron go down, you know, you've got another guy beyond Needham. I, I love Needham. I think he's a really good player. He's just developed into a really good player. Eric, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of quality in that in that secondary. You just wish it would be distributed a little bit more evenly over some of the other crucial positions that are shite, like offensive line and linebacker. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it still wouldn't surprise me if they dealt a player, you know, to, for a, you know, you could see, a, uh, you could see Igbenogane getting dealt for a, for a lineman. Do you know what I mean? They, they have a lot of confidence in Nick Needham. You know, he's a good player and you can play him inside or out, um, you know. And they have a lot of versatility. Uh, especially yeah. Even in the safeties, some of those guys can play in a pinch as well on the outside. Yeah, I mean, Holland can play. You know, Holland's played almost exclusively in the slot for the last two seasons. I didn't play last year, but for the season and a half before that, Oregon, he was almost exclusively a slot corner. Um, You know, Brandon Jones can cover. We all know how good a cover guy Eric Rowe is. Um, You know, Jason McCourty can play cornerback. Um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. All right, and before we move on to the safeties, Jabal Sheard was signed. Does he have anything left? Um, he had what one and a half sacks last year and nineteen tackles for the Jaguars. I think he's you know 
he's a, a good rotational piece should somebody get injured or you know if Van Ginkle goes down he's the sort of guy that you can bring in and he can you know, play competitive snaps I think it's a fairly decent pickup um, and is a guy that system fit you know Brian Flores knows him obviously from from his time in New England um, so yeah I can I think he's a solid player and obviously for people that don't know you're thinking how is Jabal Sheard allowed on the practice squad there is a part of the expansion of the practice squad means that I think either four or six players are, uh, with unlimited NFL experience could be on so mm-hmm. so Kenny Stills for example was on the Buffalo practice squad at the back end of last season mm-hmm. so players with extended uh, NFL careers can now be members of the of the practice squad as part of the kind of COVID. Yeah, as far and to finish up here, the safeties, uh, Jamal Perry was discharged and Elijah Campbell's in his place. We already spoke about him. Five safeties are kept Eric Rowe, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Jason McCourty, Clayton Fagella. Thoughts on this group? I think yeah, I this mean, is as predictable as you can get. Yeah, no I mean, Feds, you don't want him anywhere near the, the actual field, uh, but yeah. a good special teams player. I like Brandon Jones a lot. I love Javon Holland. Um, Eric Rowe is a great player. Be interesting to see what they do, you know, because they played a lot of single free, single high with mm-hmm. McCourty at free safety. Um, I think what they want to do is play Holland there. McCourty's experienced, you know, he can play corner, he can cover, you know, with Rowe and Jones playing all over, roving in the box, playing the run, running the alleys, covering court, covering safeties. Um, so yeah, we shall see. But good group, yeah. good, great group. Mm-hmm. And One of the specialist best Michael Pilardi, I think they hit huge here. Yeah. Okay. If he's healthy, I think they found a good punter. Uh, Jason Sanders, of course, returns. Blake Ferguson is the long snapper. That's the roster. Are you mining other waiver wires for any particular position as of right now, Simon? I mean, there was some. I was. I had a very brief scan of the scan of the waiver wire last night in terms of some of the players that were released. Ben Braden. I, I, I quite like. I thought he'd be an interesting guy. Um, obviously, we mentioned Equinemius and Brown and Fulgham. You wonder what Forrest Lamp's got left, but probably feels like he doesn't have a lot. Jack Anderson. I thought Paul Augustine, the USC defensive end who Cleveland got rid of, I thought he, you know, he sort of fits stylistically with what the Dolphins want to do. Mm. Um, Stevie Scott, the uh, Indiana running back, I thought he might have something. Um, Chris is the guy Chris liked, who I, I quite like, but sort of lacks juice. But William Bradley King, Michael Menne, the um, Penn State center, I thought um, he was cut yesterday. He's an interesting guy. And then James Wiggins, who we all loved from Cincinnati, he had the terrible ACL mm-hmm. injury. Yeah, um, he got cut yesterday as well. I thought he's um, he's a good player. I'd be sniffing around guys like that, but um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't set this fifty three in stone until I would no. say next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, I think they have their 53 in-house, and that's who's going to go up to Foxborough to play the Patriots. But until then, I wouldn't put anything in stone. I think maybe, just maybe, they might be out there looking for, for something, maybe a player swap. I was told that they probably could have dealt somebody from a surplus position, but the only offers they were getting were draft compensation, and they wanted a player swap, which kind of tells you where they think that they are. Like, they, they want to fill up a roster spot rather than think about, you know, getting more assets for the future. I think they're done getting assets. They need players. I wonder if they can get one for what they have on the roster. I do know the most, if people are paying attention, I think an extremely attractive asset is Nick Needham. Yep. And they get a starting uh, off, off but, time for him. But 
I don't think you can deal Nick Needham until you're completely sure that Noah Igbenogane is going to develop. You know, we all think mm. he's going to develop, and nobody nobody's backed him more than me. But at some point, the rubber's got to meet the road, right? He's got to, um, you know. Oh, by the way, guess which player you were desperate to sign has gone on to injured reserve because he's injured again. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hit me with it. T.Y. Hilton. Wow. There he is again. And this time it's his <laughs> neck, which means that it's, it's probably over now. Okay. Yeah, this time it's probably over. But oh, too well. It's been a great career. Like uh, his, I don't think he's Hall of Fame worthy, but he's absolutely Ring of Honor worthy. I don't even know if the Colts do that. But if they do do that, he's probably worth that because pretty certain he has like nine thousand yards receiving. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, wow. Al, Al, this is Al Michaels last season. Yes, he's he's retiring at the. And I think Tariko is going to keep he the is. job. Although and, Thursday and your night, girl Amazon. Maria Taylor is the host of that. She show. is. Yeah. He's replacing Bob Costas, which is, yeah. you know, that's pretty huge. Replacing yeah. Bob Costas is like replacing, I don't know, George Washington. <laughs> yeah, Paul McCartney. <laughs> Paul yeah. McCartney, yeah, exactly. You she know, is, um... Mick Jagger, like it's important. So that's that's one of the better gigs in media down here. She is, um, she's very good though. Uh, and now Michaels is the absolute goat, so, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. There is no more. Uh, the next time we speak to you will be on Monday. And on Monday, we will do a season preview. And then on Wednesday, we will preview the New England Patriots. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.